I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Så där, då kör vi avsnitt nummer 10 utav Champagnepodden. Och i det här avsnittet så ska jag faktiskt köra ner 17 timmar från Stockholm, 180 mil ungefär, ner till, till Epenay. Och ska besöka Polocher och träffa presidenten Laurent där och deras brandmanager Alex för en, en liten rundtur. Jag ska säga att den här veckan är vi sponsrade av Pelikan Self Storage, Kungsholmen. Och många känner inte till att de har faktiskt en alldeles utmärkt vinförvaring där. Där de har väldigt, väldigt prisvärt. Man får inreda sina förråd själv. Det finns flera olika storlekar på förråden. De har en konstant temperatur på 12,8 grader och man kommer åt med en nyckelbricka mellan halv sex på morgonen till, till 12 på natten, sju dagar i veckan. Och inom de tiderna borde man väl kunna planera in att man ska gå dit och hämta grejerna. De har även ett, ett konferensrum som man kan hyra som rymmer ungefär 16 personer. Ett väldigt trevligt konferensrum som, som man då kan hyra och... Träffas några vänner, kör lite provningar, eh, kanon bra. Ja, om ni då bokar ett förråd där och anger Champagne-sviden så, så får ni första månadshyran gratis. Så att eh, prova på det. Eh, nu tycker jag att vi kör eh, avsnitt nummer 10. So now it's time for another episode of Champagne-podden. And uh, I've been driving down from Sweden. It took uh, about uh, 17 hours and uh, we almost got uh, lost uh, on the road. Uh, we slept for uh, about four hours and now we're here in, uh, in Epenay with uh, Laurent, um, the president of uh, Paul Roger. And we were sitting in the, um, 
the Sir Vincent Churchill room, and we're gonna try some some lovely champagne. Welcome to Champagne Podden. Hey, welcome to uh, welcome in Epernay. Welcome to Paul Roger. Very p- pleased to to see uh, to see uh, more Swedish friends coming uh, coming in Epernay. Uh, enjoy and, uh, and and visit uh, Paul Roger. Uh, you, you did visit uh, the cellars uh, before to to have uh, to have the feeling of uh, of the wine, to have the feeling of Paul Roger. Now we are in this room, which is an emblematic uh, room for us, full of uh, souvenirs, of portraits from uh, from uh, from Paul Roger, uh, the founder who started the house in 1849, from his two sons Maurice and George Roger at the time. And uh, who uh, did ask the French government to use uh, to add Paul to the to their last name uh, when their father died? To uh, it was a smart marketing at the time, but as they thought uh, the last name, the first name and the last name of their father were, were already famous, yes. so they thought they could use the name as a, as a, it was already a brand. Mm-hmm. And this morning you did cross paths with uh, Christian Paul Roger, who, who is as well. Uh, as almost uh, probably even more famous as uh, as uh, our champagne in Sweden because he, he has been traveling there for uh, for many many years and mm-hmm. I was so privileged to grab uh, the baton from him uh, 11 years ago when I uh, I joined Paul Rocher. Nice. So and this is called the uh, Sir Vincent Churchill room. But uh, he has never been here. No, he has never. He, he, I mean, he, he, he did promise that he will come uh, in Epernay to to uh, to, to crush uh, the grapes with his uh, uh, with his uh, bare uh, feet. Mm-hmm. But he never did. Uh, he was writing. I, maybe we can talk about Winston Churchill later on. At yes, the time of course. We will test uh, the cuvée Sir Winston Churchill. But it is definitely. Uh, it's a petit salon. It's. Uh, it became uh, a room dedicated to uh, to Sir Winston Churchill with uh, with uh, many souvenirs, and we can talk a little bit about that mm-hmm. later. About his horse that he did name Paul Roger. About a telegram he sent to Odette Paul Roger. Uh, about uh, some pictures uh, which are uh, reminding the the old days. Mm. But could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the champagne business? Uh, I would say by accident. Uh, not really by accident. I have always been uh, in the wine uh, industry. Uh, I arrived in the wine industry by accident as uh, I did study uh, economy and law and I want to be a forestry expert. Well, I could have worked in Sweden uh, in the forest, but uh, at the end of my studies, I got the opportunity to go for one year in the US to, uh, to work for a small burgundy negotiant and a small uh, Bordeaux negotiant to promote uh, their wines uh, with uh, the distributors in the US. And I spent a year uh, in 17 different states mm-hmm. promoting French wine and uh, I was given uh, 2,000 business cards uh, with my name, Laurent Darcourt, wine consultant. And <laughs> I, uh, I was not really, uh, at that time, I, I didn't uh, really speak English. I definitely didn't speak any American, especially when I started two months in Georgia 
mm-hmm. in the south uh, and uh, in uh, 1986 uh, 86 uh, it was really the south and Atlanta was not the Atlanta of today and it has been a great experience I didn't know anything or too much about wine the only thing I knew was from my uh, Burgundy roots when I was uh, from a family uh, uh, with a very nice cellar and I was uh, as a, as a kid I was already finishing the glasses after my parents uh, had a amazing dinner. So you dinners. were grown up with, uh, with wine? Yes, with I was grown up not in a domain but I was grown up in a, in, a, in Burgundy uh, in the north of Burgundy in a family and my father was, was, a, was a wine lover and, and he did love his wine and I, I got that from him. And after this first year in the U.S., I realized that uh, I didn't know what I was going to do uh, mm-hmm. because I, I, for sure I was not going to, to, be, uh, to work with law and economy purely mm-hmm. and forestry. But uh, I thought that uh, I was going to work in the wine industry because I, I realized it was, uh, it was uh, something, uh, I mean, great. Everybody was excited talking about wine, talking about selling wine, buying wine, drinking wine promoting wine, uh, waving the flag, uh, waving the French flag. And uh, I, I realized that was uh, something I, I wanted to do. And I, I came back in, in France and I did uh, my military service at the time, which was mandatory. Yes. And uh, I, I, I finished as, a, as an officer in the Air Force, uh, in the Air Force base of Dijon, so in Burgundy with a little idea uh, of, uh, of being not too far from the Burgundy wine region so I could find a job at the end of that uh, period. And I got, uh, I got, uh, I replied to a, to a job announce uh, at the end of my military service to be, uh, to work on the export mm-hmm. uh, for a small house called Ropito. And Ropito uh, has been famous in Sweden, in fact, because it was known for Le Meursault, Le Meursault de Ropito, yes. uh, which was distributed uh, in, 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 uh, in the north of Europe, especially in Sweden, uh, uh, Norway and Finland. Uh, at the time, it was 100% monopole monopol, uh, markets with uh, some of the most amazing agents. And uh, in Sweden, uh, it was Philipson and Soderberg with... Uh, with uh, a great friend I met at the time, uh, Frederick Siostin. Mm-hmm. And as well, uh, a, a little later, a, a young salesman who was working for Philipson and Soderberg uh, named uh, Jan Torren. Yes. Uh, who, really? Uh, who is a great friend uh, today and is uh, uh, our ambassador in, uh, in Sweden. Yes, yes. Or one of our ambassadors. Mm-hmm. How, how many years have you been at uh, Paul Roger? Uh, I joined Paul Roger 11 years ago uh, when uh, Christian Paul Roger, who is from the first generation of the family, after 42 years of loyal service to the family house, uh, retired. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, the family and Paul Roger were looking for, uh, for uh, somebody to, uh, to lead the export. Yes. Um, business and I, I, I arrived as export director and a couple of years later I joined the board of directors and uh, a little less than four years ago I, uh, I was asked uh, by the family 
shareholders to uh, to become a CEO. Nice. So, and that uh, you must be proud. I am proud. It, it's 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 a it's a great uh, yes. It's it's a great pride. It's a great challenge. It's a great honor. And uh, I feel totally. Uh, I feel totally Paul Roger mm-hmm. in the way that. Uh, during uh, my eight first years at Paul Roger, I have been uh, waving the flag around the world mm-hmm. in, in uh, quite a few countries. We do export 85% of our production in 90 countries. We do export uh, a little bit, quite a bit, in, uh, in Sweden. Yes. Why do you think uh, Sweden uh, is... Uh, why do you think you're so so popular brand in Sweden? Uh, for some reason, I think first of all, um, Sweden. Uh, I mean, uh, for a country of, uh, I would say, ten million around, yes. a little okay. less than ten million. Uh, 10 million exactly, ten million yeah. a month ago. Yes. So uh, for a country of ten million uh, people, uh, is a country with uh, with. Uh, a great uh, culture, in fact, which has been growing, a wine culture, which has been growing, uh, an affecto for uh, for uh, champagne and sparkling wine, uh, a middle class, uh, which is, uh, the average middle class is at a very high level. Mm-hmm. Um, the growth of champagne in, in the last uh, 10 years is, is amazing. I mean, uh, thanks to many uh, fantastic ambassadors uh, in Sweden. I mean, uh, including our importers, but uh, but uh, testers, journalists, writers, uh, friends like uh, like uh, Ricard Yulin as well. I mean, uh, he has been doing a lot. Uh, uh, people who have been organizing champagne tasting to mm. let people discover champagne. And uh, like Gunilla, like Marina, like like many many people yeah. who, who are great friends of Champagne and Champagne in general. Uh, the way uh, Paul Roger, uh, I think Paul Roger has been in the market for a long time. Uh, Worldwide, our importer uh, was, uh, in fact, before being our importer, was our agent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Bjorn Svensson, with with uh, uh, who has been a great ambassador, has been uh, planting the flag and uh, for many years. People like uh, uh, our friends from the, the gastronomy and the uh, Eureka from the Grand Hotel or mm-hmm. Sturhof and, and many others, mm-hmm. sommelier uh, from uh, from uh, Sweden. People who have been uh, visiting Paul Roger, although we are not open for uh, for public visits, uh, uh, we we are uh, hosting uh, quite a few visitors coming from Sweden yes. who uh, who like and we are quite impressed to see Paul Roger, which is not, I mean, Paul Roger is not a big house. It, people in Sweden could think it's a very big house. Yes, because, they think it's a very big house. They think it's uh, almost like Moët Jandorn or. And it's true that uh, I think Sweden is is a little bit like an exception for Paul Roger because uh, for some reason we have never I mean we are selling our entire production under allocation. Yes. But you understand that sometimes it's a little difficult to give allocation to the retail in Sweden when it's a monopoly. Yes. 
Because if you give allocation, if you cannot supply when there is a demand, mm -hmm. basically uh, your customer, which is a system like Get, yes. doesn't want to follow your brand. No, they will so be disappointed. They will be disappointed. And uh, although sometimes you can discuss about the number of shops you are in, etc., but I think with the investment we did in the cellar, with the investment in the cuvery, in the, as far as the quality is concerned, With the uh, with the policy of no compromise, we we, we have been uh, we have been deciding to, to apply at Paul Roger uh, the level of quality already for our brut non vintage, our white foil, our brut reserve is recognized and and, and, and this champagne uh, is uh, uh, as I said earlier our DNA. Yes. And, and this is uh, when our customers like Paul Roger, they like the style, they are happy to, to, uh, to drink it. Could you describe the house style of, of Paul Roger and, and the Brut Reserve? It's very personal. I mean, I would say it's, very, uh, it's difficult to, to be very precise because the test is, is a matter of... Uh, but I mean, uh, no, but the style that you, you want to... Uh, give to the, to the drinkers I would uh, say in, in, uh, in two words elegance with complexity hmm. or complexity with elegance and these two words are talking a lot about what we want to do I mean the champagne as a, as a product is something that you should enjoy anytime it has not to be too cerebral it has not to be too complex it has to be easy to understand but On top of that, it has to be easy to understand and, and to enjoy, but not too simple. So that's why I talk, talk about the complexity. And the complexity is coming from the, the sum of all the qualities we are blending together to, to, uh, to achieve uh, the non-vintage. And, and the Brut Reserve is a, is a family, I mean, is a Paul Roger recipe. Mm. It is a Paul Roger style. And this style is a style which is uh, pleasing the, quite a few Swedish uh, consumers and, and we are very proud of that as well. Yes, yes. Uh, what would you say it's, is the biggest uh, success for the company? I think every, every, uh, every compliment we receive from, uh, from a new customer is a success. And... Uh, One, one of the success we have been pretty proud a few years ago was uh, the fact uh, that Paul Roger uh, non-vintage uh, has been uh, selected for uh, being the wedding champagne for uh, Prince William and, and, uh, and uh, Kate Middleton. Yeah. And they went for the Brut Reserve. And they went yeah. for the Brut they Reserve. They didn't want uh, vintage. They, they went no, no, for the they Brut were reserve. asking to any of the royal warrant holders. Yes. Uh, from Champagne to propose a non-vintage and I think everybody was around the same the same level it's not a matter of price I mean it's not a matter because I think even some of us uh, would have been very happy to to, uh, to to propose it free of charge it was mm -hmm. a very a great yes. advertising but we sold the Champagne uh, they did uh, ask uh, They did order Paul Roger bottles. We refused the order and we proposed magnums. Oh, really? As we thought uh, the magnum was the right size for uh, that kind of mm. event. And how, it, how many magnums uh, did you sell for uh, the wedding? It was uh, an order from Buckingham Palace that we got for 300 magnums. Mm. 
Nice. But it has been delivered. I mean, we had to keep the secret, and it has been delivered in pallets with uh, with uh, uh, wrapped in uh, black plastic, uh, yeah. so nobody could see uh, what it was. And it it was secret, and we couldn't say anything. I mean, we we had to be very discreet because we couldn't uh, we couldn't talk about it yeah. before the very day of the of the wedding. But we we are proud, and I mean we. Paul Roger has been has been uh, known and famous in Great Britain for a long time, but it has been it has been uh, funny to see the year after the wedding uh, the Japanese uh, girls who were getting married who wanted to be married with Paul Roger because it was uh, it was a champagne of the royal wedding in in Great Britain. Mm. That's yeah. funny. It's a great success, I think. Uh, the great success of of uh, of the last uh, few years is uh, to have been able to integrate i mean to to renovate uh, the wine making facilities to do some work in the cellars also we have been keeping the tradition of the the riddling yes but we have been uh, adding the modernity of the cuvery of the winemaking facilities with the addition of many smaller uh, cask tanks not cask tanks yes because uh, we, we are not working with wood yeah. Yeah. but Only with steel. Uh, stainless steel yeah. and uh, to make the, it possible for us to, to do vinification in, in uh, 25 hectoliters content 50 30 uh, 100 150 and and the more diversity you have uh, in the vinification or in, in your facilities the more the more possibilities you have to be very consistent mm -hmm. the more diversity is giving the more consistency yes and um, what's the future plans for uh, Paul Roger how how What would we say is the future plans? You, you, uh, you, you may have seen, I mean, uh, in, in the testing rooms, the other uh, big room, uh, I don't know if you have been there, but uh, there is, you, you have seen, there are all the labels from the beginning of Paul Roger. Yes. And it's very, it's quite similar. I mean, we are not like every year uh, mm. changing a packaging, a uh, label, etc., The plans for Paul Roger is, is to to uh, to continue our our search to uh, excellence. It's not to grow too much because if you grow too much, and this is the reason that uh, at some point we we have to continue to make no compromise, and uh, and to have our customers uh, understanding that uh, we cannot always. Uh, do more and more and more. I mean, the brand uh, recognition uh, would uh, command that we can develop hmm. the the sales in volumes. But considering our uh, facilities, we cannot really grow. We can grow a little bit, but we have as well to supply uh, some wine to the new uh, markets, to yes. the new uh, opening market, to the new merging markets, and uh, and. Uh, We, we try to reinforce our sourcing as well. We, we, we own, I mean, Paul Roger and the family shareholders supply more than 50% of the grapes yeah. uh, to produce our champagne. Uh, we have as well long-term contract with some growers, sometimes for a few generations. And we have, uh, we have in the last few years, uh, welcomed some new growers supplying their grapes from Grand Cru which means that we have the possibility as well to, to 
probably develop a little bit the, the production of uh, Cuvée Sir Winston Churchill or Blanc de Blanc or Vintage. On the Brut non-vintage, if I mean at the size, uh, we have at Paul Roger, uh, which is uh, which is below two million bottles, which yes. is which is big compared to a small grower, mm -hmm. but which is not that big compared to uh, our our uh, neighbors, uh, our leaders, and, uh, and and the big champagne houses. So it is something. I mean, at, at 1.6 million bottles today, 1.6, 1.7 million bottle production for Paul Roger. Uh, we, we have the possibility to grow a little bit, but we have to resist to the temptation of, of uh, being uh, too big and everywhere, and etc. Et but do you have any plans to uh, work uh, to get the brand more uh, like uh, ecological or... You know, we, we have... Biodynamic... Uh, It's very very popular right now. It is it I, is I popular. Uh, it is as well. You, you you can see that some people are uh, are saying that something is very popular at the time being. But uh, what is important is to to do things on the long term. Yes. And to have our growers and to have our uh, our uh, partner in in the vineyards acting, thinking more uh, more carefully about uh, the treatments about uh, the way they, they work in the vineyards to have uh, uh, more and more of our supplier of grapes having a certification uh, with uh, with a real care about the environment hmm. is on the I mean is under process so of course we do more and more Of course, we, we use less and less water in, in the cuvery uh, for the cleaning, the cooling uh, process. Yes. Because it is, it is not just because it is uh, in, or it is, uh, it is good to do it now. Yeah. Uh, more and more, uh, we have the Royal Warrant, so we are official supplier to, to, to Buckingham. Each time we, we ask for the renewal of the warrant, we have to, to uh, they are asking what we are doing for uh, I would say for the planet or what we are doing for for being more uh, to be greener to be uh, more careful about uh, the way we produce the wine and mm -hmm. the way we, we, we produce the grapes mm -hmm. and uh, I mean uh, if you have, you may have seen that we have a little car uh, which is wor uh, driving into Epernay and this car is uh, electric. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, uh, when we buy uh, material, we try to, 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 to see that as well. Yes. And, and it is something, it is a concern which is uh, probably in many wine regions. In Champagne, uh, it is uh, a concern today at, with the growers as well with the negotiants. We are negotiants and we are... We are, we are uh, I mean, we are negotiant and grower, mm -hmm. so we understand that concern, and it is very important. And, and probably uh, 20, 30, 40 years ago, people were not really as concerned with uh, with that. Yeah. Interesting. And um, you you're working with champagne. Um, do you drink champagne every day? I. Uh, Yes, I think I, I drink champagne uh, 
every day or uh, if I miss one day I drink more the day after <laughs> good to stay healthy to stay to stay healthy you know uh, Bjorn Stjärna Antonsson yes he, he, he wanted me to ask you uh, which one is your favorite uh, Paul Rocher vintage and which one is your favorite uh, Sir Winston Churchill uh, vintage oh, that's a tough question which of your uh, children do you prefer yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, um, as I said, within all the Paul Roger, I would say that uh, the easy choice for me is to to have a choice for the brut non vintage because it's something which is very difficult to produce. Mm. For all the vintages, I mean, we are we are now and, and we are going to test uh, the blanc de blanc, uh, the new blanc de blanc, uh, 2009. But we are we used to have the 2008. I mean, blanc de blanc is already the blanc de chardonnay. It used to be called blanc de chardonnay. Paul Roger is 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 a wine which has always been very nice when it's made from uh, the top uh, vintages. Yes, it's even uh, more something. Uh, we we nickname it our liquid diamond or uh, our, uh, our uh, yes our, our, but our it, golden yeah. elixir. The cuvee Winston Churchill is something we do only with Grand Cru grapes as the blanc de blanc. Uh, the brut vintage Paul Roger has a reputation for the brut vintage and mm. and we have been uh, we are one of the house producing the most vintage in proportion. Mm. And I think we we uh, but you are talking about but which have, specific yeah, vintage? Yeah, exactly. If you have to answer the question, uh, I am not uh, going to tell you uh, because some people from Sweden had the great privilege to test uh, 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 Grove Twenty Eight, for example, yes. and has been have been crying with this wine. Yeah. I, I didn't have the privilege to drink it. Is, is it no more bottles anymore? No, they are just a few, but we have to keep a few things for the memory, uh, for the future memory. Yes. Uh, there are some amazing, today, when you taste some, uh, some uh, I mean, uh, 2002 Blanc de Blanc, mm. the wine is fantastic. When you taste some 93 Brut Vintage, 93 was not a, f- no. uh, 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 I mean, a fantastic vintage. 93 uh, Brut Vintage, Assemblage, Paul Roger, it's fantastic. But if you have to answer, which which one is the best that you tried for the vintage? I think uh, the, the 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 best I try is the is the next one. I mean, the, the best I try or the, the just the last one I tried. Okay. Uh, we 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 have a fantastic cellar uh, at Paul Roger. I think uh, we we have a cellar which is preserving the wine so well that even a long time after disgorgement. The wine are tasting extremely well. Yes. And uh, we are now... Uh, I, I, I tell you that of the records. Okay, uh, so because, it, because, because uh, he, he also wrote down his address and he wanted you to send uh, him uh, the bottles. Yes, so that's, that's why I will tell you after the, uh, <laughs> after the, the recording and uh, maybe one day uh, I can uh, surprise him when he's coming back at Paul Roger and I can open uh, yeah. something special and I don't want to tell him the truth before. So maybe he can... T- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Let's go very it's here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you will come here next week. But uh, today we we also gonna try um, the serving on Churchill 04, and uh, you will also tell us uh, about the blend. Uh, I forgot the I forgot about the blend. I tell you the later blend, uh, for the, for the Swedish listeners. Um, the blend of uh, the serving on Churchill is a well kept secret. But do you know? Do you know the blend? Uh, you know, I I uh, I don't know if I know. Uh, I I think I know. Uh, this is a blonde blanc, by the way. Uh, blonde blanc two thousand nine. Yeah, we're just gonna drink uh, blonde blanc two thousand nine. Yes. And now in Sweden we have blonde blanc two thousand eight, which Th- is uh, this. You are uh, still having blonde blanc two thousand eight yeah. uh, because it's it's. Uh, we have been keeping a little more two thousand eight for for the Swedish yeah. market. But the two thousand eight is great. This is the first time for me, the 2009. It's going to be interesting. But the 2009, we have been sending a few bottles uh, to uh, to uh, our importer so they can uh, they can uh, deliver it to the testing uh, panel at System Olaget. Uh, to the journalist, I think there is a testing of the new vintage each yes. time. Yeah. So there are some uh, some people who are very privileged to test any single new vintage mm-hmm. coming uh, in Sweden, yeah. which is great. But we have been sending the bottle, so they are going to be tested uh, very soon. I, uh, ask, I have to ask uh, Marlin for one bottle then, to compare to the 2008. But um, the recipe for, for the Winston Churchill, it's a well-kept secret. But how many people do know about it? The people who know are uh, the chef de cave, Dominique, uh, Petit. Dominique Petit, Hubert de Billy, who is the fifth generation of Paul Roger, mm-hmm. uh, the other member of the family who participated to the final, uh, the final uh, uh, panel, uh, myself, because uh, I do participate to any to all the testing, the preparatory, uh, or the, 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 the preliminary testing, which are 
basically uh, what we are doing from the harvest to the time we take the final decision is to test all the cuvée separately so each origin is vinified separately and uh, when we decide to to uh, to make a, a vintage we are not always deciding to make a vintage for the Churchill and Blanc de Blanc and all the cuvées but usually usually it is the case mm -hmm. and the idea with the cuvée Winston Churchill is to pick up from the top Grand Cru so it's a pre predominance of Pinot Noir with uh, some Chardonnay only Grand Cru and it's to take all the best yes. that we are going to blend together and do a wine when we did the first vintage which was a 75 vintage which has been produced in Magnum mm -hmm. and released in 1984 the idea was to reproduce using the style of the 34 uh, 37 or 28, 37, 34 and 47 vintages which have been loved, Paul Roger vintage, which have been loved by uh, Churchill to reproduce a style that he would have loved if he was still alive. Yes. And, all, and also use very old uh, vines. It's, it's not totally 100% old vines. It's 100% terroir which we are producing uh, but the terroir bread. is also secret. No, the terroir is. If you if you if you look at the at the list, you will see that it's all the the top uh, Grand Cru from yes. Côte des Blancs and from Montagne de Reims. The the fact that it's coming from that plot and that plot and that plot is not helping anybody. The only thing is we may in fact the the the, the blend may vary from one vintage to the other. The only constraint we have is to produce the best out of these top years. Mm -hmm. So the, the crème de la crème. Yes. And to make sure, because we, the only thing we knew, and the only thing we know, is that when Sir Winston Churchill was drinking Paul Roger, he was always picking up, he was a cherry picker, and he was always choosing the best of the best. Mm -hmm. So basically... When he was the last vintage he drank uh, at the time uh, of his death in, in 1965 was the 47. And the, he loved the 47 and it was one of the top vintage. But all the vintages he did love at Paul Roger were the top vintages. 1908, well, 1895, one of the first vintage he bought from Paul Roger in 1908. 1928, 1934, 1937, 1947. He has always been a great admirer of the top vintages. So when you, I mean, uh, we have been producing um, not so many vintages since the first one because the first one was 75. Huh? But uh, we we are uh, we had the tenth vintage in in 96. Yes. Then we had 98, 99, 2000, 2002, 2004. We are at 15 vintage of uh, Cuvée Southampton which have, which have been produced. It's not so much. After the, the 04, uh, we have the 06, which is coming. We are releasing the 06 uh, in, uh, at the time of Inexpo in June, so it will be released second part of this year everywhere. Okay. In Sweden also? Yes, as well. Uh, we will release uh, the uh, after the 06 we will have the 08 
mm-hmm. with uh, some excitement. Yeah. Are you going to keep the 08 a little bit longer than? We we are not. No, we are not sure, and we are not. We have never been really uh, releasing one vintage before the other, or uh, you know, it's. Yeah. If I um, now we had the Blonde Blonde two thousand nine, and uh, if I compare it to two thousand and eight, this two thousand and nine is more uh, uh, mature now than the two thousand eight. I would say. You you know it's uh, it's uh, probably the difference you have in any single wine uh, between the vintage which are what I, I I should call the classic vintages and the and the outstanding vintages mm-hmm. and the outstanding vintages like eighty eight ninety ninety six uh, two thousand two uh, two thousand eight are these vintages with a level of acidity which is making the wine having a fantastic potential mm-hmm. and usually being pretty pretty tense at mm-hmm. the beginning but which are going to edge extremely well yes. through the time now let's taste the brut vintage 2008 mm. that's one of my favorite <laughs> so brut, brut vintage is a 60 percent pinot noir 40 percent chardonnay which one do you want that one? Yeah. And it's it kept on the lease for eight years? Or? It has been bottled at the spring of 2009. Oh, yes. And it has been uh, disgorged at the end of, of uh, 2016. So it has been, I, I would say, uh, between seven and eight years on the lease for, for, for the first uh, release. And... Uh, uh, but it is still. I mean, uh, we this will. This one is lovely. I it, It's it's. Uh, I mean, two thousand eight. I I would say is. Uh, it's difficult to talk about your new vintage when you launch a vintage and to say that it's better yeah. than. It's it's really one of the top vintages, and and the great thing with Paul Roger is that, as we release the wines pretty late, uh, compared to to uh, quite a few houses. Uh, a lot of the marketing of the vintage has been done before. Yes. A lot of people have been tasting some 2008 uh, from some growers or from uh, some uh, houses and know that uh, 2008 is, 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 a great, uh, is a great vintage. So when they, they see that Paul Roger is, is, is releasing a vintage of that kind of uh, year, I mean, there is a great attract yes. attraction expectation and we did launch officially uh, a couple of weeks ago in in uh, in, uh, in the UK mm-hmm. uh, the Paul Roger vintage uh, 08 and uh, I think we, we we did meet uh, a great a great success yes but to to tell the listeners that 2008 is uh, it will be a magical vintage and uh, you should run to Sustainable Lager to buy a couple of bottles and uh, it's good to drink now but to keep it uh, in your in your cellar for maybe five up to yes. 20 years it something, would be great something that we can be certain is that uh, this Brut Vintage 2008 which is already uh, in, in, uh, in Sustainable Lager is 
is going to be uh, on sale for uh, for for this year, mm -hmm. uh, but it's not going to to remain in, on the shelf for uh, for uh, for, a long time. for a long time. The only bottles that will uh, remain are the bottles that we keep for ourselves mm -hmm. to drink. <laughs> but it, and uh, if you had to drink something else than uh, Paul Locher, what would you drink? Do you have any other favorite houses or growers? I I am a, I have quite a few uh, I enjoy quite a few champagne from growers or from uh, houses. I like the diversity. I, I am a, I am a true uh, champagne ambassador. Mm -hmm. So um, and I love too many uh, too many uh, good producers or good houses to to name one. Uh, I would say out of champagne if I am drinking something else no you have to answer uh, uh, no I cannot I <laughs> cannot no, because you, uh, you, you maybe in the future you could be a politician I could be a politician <laughs> I, uh, I, I, uh, I mean uh, I know quite a few person uh, <laughs> working in the wine industry who would love to be a politician yes uh, but I uh, I think it's too I mean uh, I have too much um, um, respect yes. for the people who are producing wine to, to name one and I am not uh, I am not uh, subjective uh, you know uh, in a way most of the champagne I am drinking is Paul Roger yes uh, I, I do taste some other champagne with some uh, some friends and, and there are some very nice uh, house uh, Within the negotiant, uh, I, I have a great respect for for the houses, which are as well champagne family houses with uh, with demands and, and uh, that we we cross paths quite often uh, with, uh, which are Louis Rodrer and and uh, and Boulanger. Mm -hmm. um, because we we have uh, I mean we have been established for a long time the brand is known for a long time we have uh, we we have most of our sourcing coming from uh, our uh, own vineyards so in a way uh, we we are not similar in style because we have different styles but uh, we have an approach which is uh, quite uh, quite in the same uh, in the same way. From the grower, uh, when you talk about growers, uh, I would say that uh, the growers who have the possibility, or which I could compare more to the negotiant, are the growers with a larger domain. The very small growers have not the same choice as us when they do a blending. Mm -hmm. Because if you have a very small domain, I mean, the few growers we have been talking about uh, 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 earlier today yes. are quite large growers. If mm -hmm. you consider that the average property in Champagne is around two hectares. Yeah. And uh, most of the growers who are successful in the markets are not having two hectares. No. They have five, 10, 15, 20. And uh, if you have... 10, 15, or 20 hectares in Champagne. Yeah. It's a big domain. It is. So uh, I think sometimes there is a confusion in the spirit, in the mind of some consumers saying, oh yes, but I prefer the small growers' uh, Champagne. And there is a trend mm -hmm. for the diversity and the style of, uh, of uh, grower Champagne. Uh, 
I would say that the biggest challenge for a grower champagne is to uh, is to be able to to choose when they do their blending. And the magic of champagne is the magic of blending. And the magic of blending is giving the consistency. If you are looking for a specific terroir and a specific vintage, you may have a variation in your taste. I mean, when you test Brut Vintage 2008, you don't want Paul Roger. You are not looking for the test of the Brut Vintage 2006. No. You are, you are looking... I mean, what we try to do with this wine is to illustrate at its best the quality of the vintage with the Paul Roger touch. Yes. If somebody is drinking this wine blind, we want them to, to f- maybe if a journalist or a famous tester is, is discovering, de- tasting the wine, we want him or her to say, oh, it tastes like a 2008. Mm-hmm. We don't want them to say it tastes like a Paul Roger. No. But... When you open uh, the blind and you see, oh, it's a 2008, yes, mm. well done. Yes. Done by Paul Roger. I mean, Paul Roger is giving the touch. Yes. But we are not trying to hide the quality of the vintage. When you do a non-vintage, first is the style of the house. And then when you have some, uh, a lot of people are asking for more and more information about the champagne, about the wine, when it was disgorged, what it was, what is the base year, etc. If we are giving too many information, if I am answering to all your questions, I am giving, I am, I am taking off some of, some part of the magic. Yes. I mean, are. some part of the myth. Yes. And uh, I think it's so important to keep a part of dream. Yeah. In the champagne. I really, uh, I really agree. Uh, now we're in about uh, 45 minutes, so we're gonna have uh, five uh, fast questions. Yes. And then, uh, yeah, we're gonna try the the Winston Churchill, uh, of course. But uh, five fast questions, and you have to choose one or the other. Are you ready? Yes. So Cava or Prosecco? I have to 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 choose one of the two. Yes. Uh, I think the, your question is not precise enough. Because if you tell me uh, Prosecco, uh, the very tiny part of Prosecco made from a, f- from a, from a very specific terroir with a very specific method, I would say Cava. Okay. Sex or champagne? I, I, I have to choose. Yes. But how do you choose? It's going together. Yeah. No, maybe I would... sex. Uh, maybe champagne as an aperitif, and then sex as a, the main course. Yes, or uh, or uh, vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> steel or oak? A steel. Steel. Uh, Swedish weather or Swedish women? Both. I no. I mean, maybe a Swedish uh, Swedish women with a Swedish weather. Wonderful. <laughs> yes. I would say, uh, if you say uh, West Coast or East Coast, uh, I have been to the West Coast, uh, yeah. spending some uh, summer uh, mm-hmm. vacation. Yeah, it, the weather could be nice. Uh, Krug or Salon? A Krug. Krug. And um, you know, you, I said I said still rather than yes. oak, but uh, I I uh, I am more Krug than uh, than Salon, and I would say. Uh, 
It's probably because uh, I would say uh, Krug Grand Cuvée, Grand, Grand Cuvée, rather than the choice of Salon on a, on a, which vintage of Salon I, I could say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when Krug uh, has uh, as well uh, the, the possibility to produce every year or to release every year a Grand Cuvée on a style which is very consistent. I get goosebumps from uh, drinking. Um this champagne in this room yeah it's lovely and um, for the last thing um, if you should t- tell the Swedish listeners why should you drink Polo Scher what would you say I think you you do not uh, you drink Paul Roger because you like Paul Roger you drink Paul Roger not to show that you are drinking Paul Roger You drink Paul Roger because uh, you, you uh, for those who had the chance to uh, to visit us, or for those who are going to visit us in the future, we cannot welcome everybody, but we are always happy to uh, to welcome some friends when uh, when we get a notice. Although we are not open for for public visits, but I I would say that. Um, Paul Roger, uh, I mean, is never. You are never going to uh, to impress a majority of uh, of a population uh, if you show that you drink Paul Roger. I would say we are maybe not the best known, but we like to be known by the best. Hmm. And um, very nice. It's a way of uh, of uh, of thinking, and uh, I I think uh, when when we have our consumer, I mean probably uh, a, a consumer uh, showing uh, or opening a bottle of Paul Roger is going to have uh, a lot of respect from a, a few person who uh, would say oh. Is is no, he's not part of the club, but uh, he's somebody who knows uh, what is opening, or he's opening it. Maybe somebody uh, is opening a bottle of Paul Roger because he knows that he's going to please some uh, some of his uh, guests mm. with uh, with Paul Roger. If you want to impress more people, you have to open uh, a bottle of uh, of a champagne which is known yes. by more people. Mm. In Sweden, it's a bit different because uh, there are uh, there are a lot of people who know Paul Roger, and uh, it is our problem. But if we were as uh, known as famous uh, in the rest of the world as uh, in uh, in Sweden, we won't be able to produce what we are producing as far as quality is concerned. Mm. Well, that's that could be my uh, my word. And then uh, I, I think it's uh, I could finish with uh, maybe with a, a Churchill quote because I, I think it's not about it's not about champagne but it's about food and wine and and I think a lot of uh, the Paul Roger friends are uh, are uh, like their food and mm-hmm. are uh, are gourmet and it's a young Churchill which was asked by a friend. Uh, He was going out from a dinner at the Ducal Palace and he was asked by a friend, how was the dinner? And he said, the dinner would have been splendid if the wine was as cold as a soup, if the meat was as rare as a service, if the brandy was as old as a fish, (laughs) 
and uh, if the maid was as willing as the duchess. <laughs> so it was eight times wrong. So uh, for those who are enjoying Paul Roger, I wish them a fantastic and a superb uh, meal. Not that splendid, but uh, thank you for, for uh, taking the time to, to share these uh, bubbles with, uh, with us. Thank you very much for, for, for having us. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Sådär, då var intervjun med Laurent klar och jag måste säga att jag är så väldigt, väldigt tacksam över att jag har fått, fick komma dit och besöka dem och det kändes det. Polocher är ju absolut ett stort företag, de tillverkar 1,8 miljoner flaskor per år ungefär och är ju välkända. Men när man kommer dit så, så får man en väldigt eh, familjär upplevelse. Och eh, hade även turen att få träffa Christian eh, Pologer. Eh, och han hälsade oss, eh, mig och Rasmus då, välkomna. Och, och tyckte att det var roligt att vi var där. Eh, vilket, ja, fantastiskt kul att träffa honom. Och även att få sitta då i, i Sir Winston Churchill-rummet och göra den här intervjun och... och och komma längs eh, Avenue du Champagne med, med bilen och, eh, och parkera på baksidan eh, och, och få gå in där. Och, och med den här kända trappen då där, där eh, svenska flaggan hängde. Eh, klassiska som man ser på många av bilderna. Så det var, var härligt. Eh, vi, det var en ganska rolig upplevelse. Vi, vi eh, hade ju som sagt kört bil 17 timmar ner- Kom ner och tog in på ett ganska sunkigt hotell i Epernay och sov två, tre timmar. Två timmar kanske det var. Och sen så tog vi en dusch och så körde vi till Avenue du Champagne då. Och där Paul Rocher ligger. Och ingen frukost såklart. Det orkade vi inte med. Prioriterade inte. Men vi blev bjudna på kaffe när vi kom dit. Och då fick vi gå in i något typ av personalrum där kan man väl säga. Och de visade oss kaffemaskinen och sen så, ja men help yourself ungefär. Eh, och jag tänkte att, ja men tog mage och måste ha, i mig, måste ha lite mjölk i kaffet för att eh, få någon typ av mättnad där. Och eh, öppnade då kylskåpet som jag trodde att det var. Eh, men där fanns ju ingen mjölk. Men däremot så, det var ju en vinkyl. Och då blir man ju lite grann sugen att shit, den här, måste ju kolla lite grann vad som är den här vinkylen och, och öppna första lådan och, och hitta att det låg några, några vintage 08 och några bland och bland 08 och även några 06 här för mig. Och det var en sån här vinkyl som man drar ut lådorna då där, där flaskorna är displayade. Öppna lådan under och då ligger det ett gäng... Vintage 96-or. Öppna lådan under där igen. Hittar några, några Winston Churchill 96. Churchill 00, Churchill 02. Öppnar en låda till och då börjar vi hitta Vintage 88 och 80. Och, och, ja, det, det blir bara bättre och bättre. Och men sen i alla fall öppnar vi lådan längst ner och då, då får vi se en... en Vintage 1921. Och ja, har man inte varit kleptoman tidigare så blir man ganska sugen på, på att bli det när man ska leta efter mjölk hos Polocher och hitta en, 
en årgång 1921 där. Men den fick, den fick le kvar och jag hoppas att ha någon lycklig person eller kanske att de sparar den att jag får komma ner och dricka den någon annan gång helt enkelt. Men stort tack till, till Malin på Worldwine för att hon ordnade den här fantastiska resan. Och vi provade ju lite gärna champagner i, i podden där och provade igenom hela sortimentet. Och Polocher håller ju väldigt hög kvalitet rakt igenom. Winston Churchill framförallt är väldigt, väldigt bra men jag tycker om deras deras Vintage 08, både Blonde Blana och eh, Brutt 08 är ju eh, riktigt, riktigt bra. Jag gillar även deras Rosé 08. Eh, så att vi ska inte göra mer, mer reklam kanske för, för Polo Cher-kuverna. Men jag, har några, jag brukar alltid ha några tips i podden. Och, eh, eller det jag ska säga också. Jag kan säga att vi har, jag har haft eh, avsnitt num- eller vad säger jag? provning nummer ett utav tre av den här Non-Vintage Challenge. Då, där vi blindprovar det var 14 stycken olika non-vintage kampanjer och första var ju då 29 april på eller 29 mars var det på Kräm och vi var ungefär 45 deltagare och vinnare blev faktiskt Polosher Brutt Reserv tog hem första platsen vi hade Döds på andra plats och De Sangal trea och Per Talebrunn 4. Jag hade gissat att, att Polosher skulle komma i toppen. De, de, de har ju väldigt bra kvalitet. Eh, däremot så hade jag satt mina... Vi i personalen, vi slog vad om en flaska Bollinger faktiskt. Eh, vem som gissade vilken som skulle komma först. Och jag gissade på, på Bill Karlsamon som jag tror placerade sig på nionde plats. Eh, men vi hade en, en av kockarna som gissade på Polosher. Det var väl ett ganska, ganska säkert kort faktiskt. Men nu till lite tips då. Igår så drack jag en Alfred Gratien QV Paradis 2008. Och den kommer att faktiskt släppa på Systembolaget 21 april. Beställningsnummer 99034 kommer att kosta 554 kronor. Den tyckte jag var otroligt bra. En härlig komplexitet, ett djup, den är smörig, den är krämig, den är fruktig men den har också, i och med att den är icke-malolaktig så har den härlig syra kvar. Så att den är ju fantastiskt god att dricka nu men jag tror ju att den här kommer bli någonting riktigt, riktigt stort i framtiden. Så att den, den tycker jag att ni ska handla på er. Absolut. Eh, sen så har jag provat vid ett flertal tillfällen faktiskt Le Graihas eh, 2011 som jag har köpt på franska vinlistan eh, och den kostar väl 399 kronor om jag inte minns fel. Eh, en blande blanc från Chouy och eh, 100% på ståltank men den är väldigt, väldigt, väldigt generös, krämig, frisk, blommig. Och eh, välutvecklad mogen och redo att dricka nu men kommer också bli, bli bättre med, med tiden. Eh, så att där har vi två stycken riktigt bra tips. Eh, jag planerar att eh, kommer köra en, en roséprovning så att håll lite grann utkik för det. Jag tycker att vi ska prova lite rosé inför, inför sommaren, nu börjar ju våren komma faktiskt. 
Men ja, som jag alltid säger, drick champagne alla dagar som slutar på G. Så ses vi om någon vecka igen. Ha det så bra, hej! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.